This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Elon Musk buying this podcast and installing the Neuralink chip in our brains, which gives us the ability to communicate telepathically with one another. So going forward, this podcast will be silent and Zach and I will just be talking through our chips in our brains. Politics, like always. Like cell phones, just as annoying. Politics are everywhere. Being branded a racist in today's public forum is like being accused of communism in the 50s. Whether it's a possibly offensive remark made in a private phone call or the indelicate treatment of a minority who sells drugs to children. The entertainment industry, formerly known as the news, needs villains. There's certainly nothing hypocritical about the media handling every perceived intolerance with complete and utter intolerance. It's bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. I don't have a... The only podcast. The only that, podcast that like stalks people for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what they did. No, not really. Um, again, I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are back after our one week vacation. Mm-hmm. I am back from Massachusetts. It was fun. Thank you all for asking. I blew up both my sphincters. Uh, Zach's mom got a knee replacement. A whole bunch of stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we are doing Dragged Across the Concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in 2018, I believe. 2019. Yeah. Uh, 2018. This is recent. Like yeah, I was really yeah. surprised by that. And uh, and I think I think technically it got released in 2019 to us. I think it came out in 2018. Um, like again, like kind of doing like the film festival stuff. Yeah. So it technically has like a 2018 release. But this movie, I think, got kind of tucked away under like all the big movies of 2019, which mm-hmm. was like fucking once upon a time in Hollywood, the lighthouse, yes. like just all of these more like, cause I don't know. S Craig Zoller still, I don't think to the mainstream. I don't think a lot of people ever even like heard of this guy or even like know this guy. Um, maybe they'll know like a movie by him, which is probably bone Tomahawk. But yeah. I don't think anybody, like, if you said S Craig Zoller, would be like who, uh, didn't he also do, was it cell block nine? Yeah. Brawl like? and cell block 99. And mm-hmm. then this film, this was his third. Uh, and, Anyway, so I think that this is one of the reasons why I missed this film was just because it kind of came out in like a year of movies that was just so big mm-hmm. and it was like right before the pandemic. So then it just kind of got tucked away of like, hey, who the fuck cares about this yeah. movie? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, came out in 2019, directed and written by S. Craig Zoller and also composed by him. Mm. Uh, he does everything apparently with his movies. Uh, That's he, refreshing to see. He does a lot for his films. Um, I know that he's like in the editing room all the time with the editors. Again, he composed the film. He can't. I mean, this movie. This movie is like soundtracked by the OJ's, which is really cool because mm-hmm. the soundtrack is great in this film. Uh, and again, written by him and directed by him. And the guy is just like writing novels and shit. He's just like all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, and this stars Mel Gibson as Brett Ridgman, uh, Vince Vaughn as Anthony Larsetti. Tori Kittles as Henry Johns, and then you kind of have like your sub characters of Michael Jai White who plays Biscuit. He's kind of like like his little co partner guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas uh, Kretschmann who plays Lawrence, who's kind of like the main main villain, like yeah. the like the guy who's kind of orchestrating everything. You have Jennifer Carpenter in here who's like kind of surprising because she's mostly in just like comedic roles from what I've seen yeah. her in. I noticed her and I was like, I've seen your face before. Yeah, but like, yeah. That's literally all it is, is like comedy roles. Yeah, and she plays Kelly. Uh, you have uh, Don Johnson, who I always love to see. He's a very, very small role, who plays like the their like lieutenant in chief. 
Um, and then for the most part, that's really it. Uh, as like for pe- people that really, really matter, then you have a bunch of like little sub characters who yeah. show up here and there. Um, it's kind of surprising that even what's her name, um, Jennifer uh, Carpenter, is even. She's like top build, which is kind of surprising because yeah. she has such a small role. But I mean, she's on the poster and she her name is like pretty high up there with like, you know, she's right after uh, Michael Jai White. So mm-hmm. it was like kind of like surprising. And I don't I think that's like kind of smart on his like um, the way that he markets his films is like just like in a really unique way of like misdirection. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it mismarketing. I would just call it more misdirection. Yeah, because it is really surprising when like the character Kelly gets introduced. Yeah, it's, like, halfway through the film. Exactly. You're like, yeah, you're like, where are we turning? Yeah, with this? yeah. Uh, and what this movie is about, and God, oh God, what is this movie about? <laughs> it's a dense Ooh. film. Oh, um, and it's basically about two cops who, again, who's is Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn, who, and they get. Uh, kind of like temporarily discharged. They get put on like a, a temporary leave from their force um, after a video comes out of them being kind of rough with a suspect. Mm-hmm. And there's a video of them and they basically, you know, Don Johnson, who's like their boss is like, we got to like, I got to suspend you guys with no pay. And Mel Gibson's character can't really afford that. Mm-hmm. So he ends up coming up with a plan on how he's going to essentially get out of the situation that he's in with which is kind of living in a really shitty neighborhood with his wife and his daughter and his wife has like medical problems so he's like i need kind of money fast and he ends up kind of finding a way to get money and uh and it's a very meditative movie yes s craig zoller in my opinion makes some of the most unique and interesting films that I've seen as of recently that I can remember like besides because he doesn't make you know not including like a Robert Eggers who's making these you know very cerebral like kind of crazy mythical like movies his movies absolutely for the most part take place in reality Mm -hmm. but he takes these kind of weird interesting maybe even kind of tropish topics that have been done before in films but he somehow makes them so refreshing in my opinion i think that he is so unique and he's a very very interesting and challenging filmmaker to uh watch and talk about well that's why like with bone tomahawk when we did it i was like this is a very unique western because it's like it starts out so normal and then you get like those crazy like tribal people that like are basically undead and i knowing from that to this i was kind of waiting for like something crazy to happen and i i will say like one thing that like it took me a minute to actually like enjoy from this movie was the fact of this film feels like a realistic portrayal of detectives like playing the role of like staking out like watching for the suspects to like start moving and like kind of know their patterns yeah because at first i was like wow this movie's two hours and 45 minutes and boy oh boy like an hour of it is just them sitting in a car waiting. i mean that is but, literally like the last half of the film mm-hmm. is like it's not one continuous shot but it's one thing that is just getting expanded on like yeah. we're in the stakeout and then the stakeout takes us from here to here to here and then we end at the end of the stakeout, essentially, and, like, where that kind of leads to. And it's kind of insane Mm -hmm. to, like, be... For that to be a last hour and a half of a movie is this is the stakeout, and then the stakeout leads to our final climax. Yeah. I mean, 
again, like it, it was very weird seeing Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn like teamed up together. Um, I feel like at points they were trying to do more of like a Jules and Vincent situation and it didn't always like work out for me. Really? I don't get that at all from I, me because I, they're not, they're very, very, they, they, the, the topics that they talk about are very different. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> but like the, the way that they try to like kind of push them on as like a duo where it's like they have this very like back and forth with each other of like serious cop and like, like jokey cop. Um, it, it kind of felt like at times where they were trying to make them a little bit more charismatic than they needed to be. Because, like, you're really brought in as, like, them being just full-on detectives, like, just going in, like, no bullshit, like, guns blazing, where it's like, I'm going to get you any way that I can. And then you start trying to, like, splice in, like, some of the jokes with them. But where are the jokes? What are you talking about? You like, have, you have they, like, references? When, because when, when they, like, go into the apartment after, like, subduing, uh, the what was his name, like, Vasquez mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, and, like, they're interrogating the girlfriend... And just like, oh, no, I didn't hear what she says. I don't know what she means. And it's like stuff like that where it's like they're trying to like, like, can you understand her? (laughs) He's like, I cannot understand her. Can you? Nope. (laughs) I don't know. I thought I thought all the comedy in this movie worked because it's so subtle. It's very it's I think that S. Craig Zoller has like a really good balancing act that he does with introducing comedy, because in my opinion, like the comedy in the film isn't tarantino at all because Mm -hmm. it's tarantino's comedy is like this is supposed to be funny like you are supposed to laugh Mm -hmm. at this and like with with jules and vincent like there are very obvious comedic moments but i don't know for this movie i thought that the that the comedy was just so dry and so it made sense i thought with the characters like when Vince Vaughn is just eating that sandwich mm-hmm. and Mel Gibson is just so pissed about it. And he's just like, thank God that that is over. I have been listening to you eat that for the last 98 minutes or the, like it just, for me that worked so well. I don't know. Like the one that got me that I was like, this is funny is like when they're at the, like the little diner Burt's yeah. and like, Oh they, yeah. yeah. When yeah. they get the call where it's like, they got to go back to the yeah. station after the waitress just brought over the food. It's yeah. like, Hey, can I get a doggy bag? And she's like, you want me to bring a doggy bag from the food that I just brought you from all the way over yeah. there. So and I got to go back <laughs> over there and get you a bag. Yeah. He's like, yeah, <laughs> like that was funny. Like yeah. that I enjoyed. But again, too, it's, it, I don't know. Like, I feel like this film like is trying really, really hard to be like a very serious film. And it is, it is. Um, again, it's a very weird combination of Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. Like, I was never expecting, like, those two to kind of, like, be paired up together. Mm-hmm. Um, thought it was funny Vince Vaughn's jet black dyed hair, though. Yeah, and then he, and then he dyes it, uh, yes. like, <laughs> what, blonde assume, or whatever. Like, well, he he gets, like, the gray streaks in it. Yeah. Kinda, like, they're, like, disguises. Yes. But, but they're so shitty. But, like, <laughs> like, also, I'm like, oh, that could actually just be his hair. No, no. It's definitely, <laughs> like, you could see, you, he sprays it in. But, again, like, another very funny comedic moment to me was was when Mel Gibson puts on the fucking baseball hat and the glasses and Vince Vaughn just looks at him. He's, like, stylish. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, so dry but so funny because, I don't know, I thought they had a really, really good... I thought that they played each off each other really, really well. I really like the chemistry between them because, mm-hmm. you know... Mel Gibson's probably about 20 years older than Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. and they kind of have, but they're, but they're both kind of like these hardened gritty kind of cops, but Mel Gibson is a little bit more old school than him because Vince Vaughn's character again is like 20 years younger. So yeah. he grew up in a different generation. So he's got some different views than Mel Gibson does. And we'll get into those. Um, the only real critique that I have for this film personally uh, is 
the like you kind of mentioned it a little bit was that that kind of mammoth runtime of two yeah. hours and like thirty nine minutes. It's a little bit longer than it needs to it's, be. It's it's long, and I personally never found myself bored during the film at all. I don't know if you did, but I did not. And I watched this movie twice in one day. So I watched what? I watched five hours. I watched this movie <laughs> because I watched the film like early in the morning one day when I woke up. I was like, I just want to see this because I've I just I, I know S. Craig Zoller and this is the only film of his that I haven't seen, so I wanted to watch it. And it was on HBO Max, so I was like, I want to watch it. So I watched it, I finished it, and I loved it. And then I went to my girl's place and I was like, hey, I talked to her dad and I was like, I think that I, I just watched a movie this morning that I think you might really, really like. It's called Dragged Across the Concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think you should watch it. And he's like, well, how about now? And I'm like, <laughs> you were like, oh, I, I was just like, watched this. I just watched it, you know, an hour and a half ago. But fuck it. Sure. Why mm-hmm. not? And then I watched it again. So um, watching it in succession like that. Yeah. The second time around, I, I started to feel the length a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I watched it, not at all. I really enjoyed it because I think that S. Craig Zoller could benefit a little bit from Apparently, like Lionsgate, I think is the one who who uh, produced this for yeah. him. Um, I get apparently like they kind of said to him like, "Hey, maybe you could cut out like fifteen minutes or so," and he was like, "No, like <laughs> this is like this is the movie that I want. You know, mm-hmm. this is how I'm making it." I he's very very like um, uh, adamant about getting like the final cut on the film, and so Lionsgate was like, "Okay, I guess that this is it." And again, I think that there probably could be about fifteen or twenty minutes trimmed out of the film that the film, you know, there's, there's moments in the movie that aren't exactly progressing the story. No. And, but they're also not detracting. They're just there. extra scenes that are just there that again are like not yeah. necessary to the plot, but I don't know. For me, it worked like, again, like watching Vince Vaughn just like eat that sandwich. Like that's, you know, a few minutes there that could have mm-hmm. been trimmed out. But I personally enjoyed it. I thought I thought it like it, 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 it was like a little bit of character development and and your understanding like these two and how and your understanding like what a stakeout really is. Yeah, and that's where like I actually enjoyed this was again like this feels very realistic of staking out, seeing the patterns of the people that you're like watching, um, stuff like like the beginning portion of Kelly I think could have been trimmed out. Like, I don't... See, I, I loved it because so, of where it ends. Of like, Yes, because, like, it, it builds up to this thing, but it, it's also, like, why did you introduce her just to kill her off ten minutes later? Like, I, I, I get the point of, like, why, because it's impactful. Why are you asking the question? Well, because I, it pisses me off. Maybe if I talk through it, I'll get through it. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, why introduce this character halfway through the film just for her to have, like, ten minutes screen time to get killed? But at the same time, too, it adds, like, this layer where it's, like, okay, you introduced this character. You got to see, like, five minutes of, like, you know, what her life is about to then have an impactful death to showcase more of the antagonist really being pure evil. Because it's really, like, like you get, like, the small instances of, like, the guy coming into the convenience store and shooting up way more than he needs to be. Yeah. And you're, like, okay, like... This is they're fun. Like it's it's a fun villain because you don't get a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You get just enough to know like okay, they're really just robbing random people. Yeah. Um, but at the same, which time, by the way, that guy's fucking crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, between like you know the two guys just getting in the car and then the convenience store and then finally like the actual bank robbery. Yeah. 
I wish I got to see a little bit more of like, you know, who these people are because mm-hmm. you don't really get much. You're just like, oh, they're like Norwegian. Something? Yeah, I don't know what they are. Yeah, yeah. something. Um, I also wish that we we got more of Henry's story because like the movie starts out with Henry, like fucking title screen and then Henry. And you get like 10 minutes of backstory of him of like, you know, he got out of jail. He's trying to like fix up like his mom's life and his brother's life and like trying to do like another job just to get like the money to get them out of like the slums basically. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like most of the film was going to be about Henry. That's, that's kind of like, again, S. Craig Zoller, he does just such different, he, he, he does not go to what you're expecting. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I, that's like something that I enjoy just because I found it so refreshing. It's like, it's so different and it's so unique that I just couldn't help but be in awe of him as a filmmaker. I don't know, like I, talking, like talking it with you, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting through it. Like at the beginning I was like, man, why not just focus more on Henry? Cause I'm more intrigued about Henry's story cause they keep kind of dropping little things with Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn's characters. Like the whole thing of what was his name brent brent mel gibson's character yeah um where you know like he goes back and he talks to his wife about this whole situation and then you have like the daughter being harassed like almost every day yeah and you don't really get any closure with the the daughter being harassed like i was almost expecting for like you know when for mel gibson to go in there and kill those well, kids no, <laughs> but, like, i was kind of expecting like you know when brent's waiting for for um for tony at like midnight or whatever when they're gonna go start staking out and he sees like the the two guys trying to like break in i'm expecting him to kind of like do something about it like maybe those are the kids Mm. but you don't really get anything yeah no because that's not again that's not really like the focus the focus is him being like i lost my job i need quick money now like what what can i do so so i can get my family out of this this shitty situation which is really funny because it's like they're cops that are now committing crimes right right and that's like the irony right yeah. it's like there are cops that are ended up doing they're doing something illegal mm-hmm. but they're not exactly doing something illegal it's kind of like this weird gray area yeah, of like they're they, stealing from the bad guys who it's a very robin hood-esque style yeah and it's just interesting and, it, and it's different um all right so let's let's go back a little mm-hmm. bit let's start because we kind of just <laughs> like got into it and we didn't exactly like talk about everything mm-hmm. yet so I mean, I I have a list, obviously. Oh, of so let, let's go through. <laughs> um, yeah, I just really love the confidence, I guess, of Zoller, mm-hmm. of of like him letting these scenes linger, mm-hmm. and him kind of trusting the audience on like the tension building that he's doing, like the confidence that he has in the tension building. Because, dude, the last hour of this movie is just is just cranking the tension a little bit at a time a little bit at a time and it just keeps you going the out the last hour is like the most intriguing part of this film yeah like it's very like you you have like this very kind of like lull for most of the film of the stakeouts and then you finally build to the scene and now it's like okay we're gonna drag it on for an hour because you waited an hour and a half for this (laughs) so that i enjoyed i i liked the fact that like you know we're getting an actual kind of like realistic firefight yeah, yeah. at this point. Exactly. Um, something that's also really unique to this film that I haven't really seen in a lot of other movies is this movie has a great soundtrack. I love the music in this film. 
yet he doesn't use any of the music during these really intense scenes. Mm -hmm. The music is like during, um, like you, what a normal filmmaker, like the, when the climax is happening, when the gunfight is happening, that's when the music is happening or when the tension is building, that's when the music is happening. Yeah. And it's not what's going on in this movie. When the tension is at its highest peak, it is just quiet Mm -hmm. and it's, you're, you're just with them. And it's so interesting, mm-hmm. and and I I think it kind of, in a way, builds the tension even more because it is so quiet. Yeah, and you feel every footstep that that somebody takes, or you hear every click of every gun, and and it's just so weird. Like when you have Henry um, getting out of the car at the like when they get to the um they're like kind of like rendezvous point, mm-hmm. and. And he gets out of the car and he's walking to the garage door. And you hear every footstep. Every in single the dirt. footstep. Well, that's always been like the thing is like, and we did that for the sound design episode where it's like sometimes the best sound is no sound. Right. Like it's just silent. And yeah. you, you just are with the characters in a realistic setting. Exactly. And that's that works with this film. Yeah. And the this movie is so grindhouse. Like this is such yeah. a grindhouse film. And I think it'd be probably pretty easy to kind of chalk Zoller up to kind of like a grindhouse, just like wannabe. I don't. But what? I think that he, I think that what like makes him so different is the care that he puts into these movies. Like he, the lighting in this film is beautiful. The way I mean, when Henry opens up the door to his mom sleeping with that guy, yeah. and just that red light comes out of the door, and it just like kind of fills up Henry's face. Mm-hmm. I mean, beautifully shot. I mean, even like how like gorgeously lit the actual bank is. Yes. Like it's overly lit to kind of showcase of like and then even like the the manager too, like way too like He's articulate. so like sophisticated. Yeah, way too articulate for this, but it works so well because it's like you're kind of getting this over stylized version of like, you know, this is a high society bank. Right. Like it's overly lit because you want to see like every little shine. Of yeah. Everything. It's just, it's, he's again, he, he puts so much care into the dialogue and into the lighting and, and just all of it, man. I mean, the character development and the, just the care for detail is so, is just like that. Not a lot of filmmakers are doing in my opinion. I mean, there is a lot of character development in everything. Oh, of course. I mean, like I said before, even within like the first 10 minutes of the film, just meeting Henry, you understand everything about this character. Like you yeah. understand, you don't understand like what he did to get into jail, but you understand that like, you know, he was in jail. He comes from like bad neighborhood. He wants better for his family. He wants to provide for them. Yeah. And he's going to do it any way possible. And that's 10 minutes. Right. There are plenty of films that don't do that in an hour and a half. <laughs> so it's yeah. like. I understand like all of these characters and like what they mean and like what they stand for. In the yeah. Film. And it's so interesting because I don't know, man, like I think that a lot of people will find this film kind of offensive because char- yeah. listen, this straight up this movie, the, some, so these characters are just kind of racist, like, oh, like absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And, and that might make you as an audience member or as a film critic or just as a person uncomfortable. But I don't think that you should go to a movie and want to be in an echo chamber mm-hmm. and, and only be fed things that, that you agree with. 
So understanding like this person's life and, and, and the views that they have and the reasons why they have these views. I mean, a great scene is with um, Brett's wife mm-hmm. and she's an ex cop. And she's like, listen, she's like, before moving to this neighborhood, I would never have called myself a racist. She's like, I am the most liberal cop that you will ever meet. But moving to this neighborhood is changing me. Yeah. And they are in a primarily black neighborhood where crime is at a, clearly at a high mm-hmm. and their daughter cannot walk like what was it three blocks i think from their school bus to their house without being antagonized or um assaulted in some way and mel gibson makes a great point where he's like he's like she's getting to that age Mm -hmm. in which they're going or i think it's actually the wife where she where they're like she's basically at this point like we're on the border of her becoming a woman and this you know can basically turn into a rape situation and not just somebody throwing a soda on her yeah and 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 just having like that much detail and, and understanding like where they come from. And again, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with what they're saying, but at least hearing them out. Yeah. I mean, that's always kind of been like the point of films is to create like controversy and something that you've never seen before. Yeah. Like that's kind of the idea of film. So it's like, yeah, I don't agree with how they go about like as characters in this. But at the same time, too, it it is something different to kind of look at because, you know, how many cop movies do we see where it's like they're very buddy-buddy, they do everything by the books, or vice versa, they're like renegades, but they're just like, they don't care. Right. It's but like, you, you know that Brett and Tony actually care about what they do mm-hmm. because he has that conversation with their with their sergeant yeah and 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 even and, and there's even great character development there where he's like listen he's like we used to be partners what happened to you mm-hmm. like i you know i basically like he was like you you never used to be like this you were never this rough and he even says to him a few more years like this and i think that you're going to become like a monster basically mm-hmm. and it's just like all of this shit that he has seen throughout these years it's of being him. this cop yeah. and he really wants to stop like crime you can mm-hmm. tell that he does but all of this crap has just changed him so much I don't know, man. There's just so much to explore. Like, there's so much to unpack. Yeah. And again, too, like, we talked about it where it's like the swerves in this film are done in a very unconventional way that I think, like, actually work. Because, again, I don't see a lot of movies that, like, do certain twists and turns like that. Like, even, like, something small, like, they're building to the fact that, like, you know, Tony's going to propose to his girlfriend. Yeah. That that is fucking sad. And it's like, you know, he gets shot by... By... The hostage. By the, which doesn't make sense to me because it's like at that point, like, I get it that they're like, hey, go over. Like, we're going to give you a gun. Go shoot him. But it's like you're over there now. Like, you could just not shoot him. Well, no, but him. but it does make sense because they show her her ID. And he says, oh, do you right, have right, anybody yeah. that you love at this address? Yeah. So it's like if you don't go do this, we're going to go kill your family. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, again, too, like, you know, you, you have that situation where it's like she comes over and shoots Tony and... They, they play back, like, the voicemail, of, and you're expecting her to say, to say like, yes. yes, and, she and then he still dies, yeah but she says no, and it's like... And then and you he don't dies. Even, and you don't even hear it, too, and it's like, oh, well, that's not the response I wanted. Right, and then on top of it, 
Mel Gibson can't even break the fucking phone. Like, <laughs> like which is yes. funny, but it's also like this last moment of like, fuck you. He can't even like do it mm. confidently. Yeah. And again, too, like another swerve with like towards the end when it's like, you know, Brent has finally like gotten rid of like all of these guys. And then Henry kind of helps out at the last minute, too. And then you get like this weird kind of like mutual agreement between them. Mm hmm. Um, where they're like, okay, we're going to split the money, what, 70-30 or 60-40? I think it was 60-40, yeah. Yeah, and it's like now they both don't trust each other, but they're doing this thing where it's like, okay, like let's let's literally just, I'm going to drag your car, we're going to go to the we're spot. We're going to get rid of all the evidence, get yeah. rid of all the bodies, and then we're going to split the money. Which I really liked because it's like a very small thing of both of them listening to the same exact song yeah and it was like this one like light bulb in my head of like oh like a theme for this film is like literally two separate people being completely different backgrounds completely different exactly. people and having with the same set of skills and same set of goals yeah and it's like literally just in that one visual shot like i understood that from this yeah. film um but again too like you know you get them getting to that spot and they still don't trust each other and they end up getting into like a shootout and it's like it, it was literally over like a miscommunication because they yeah. could have been fine. Yeah, they could have worked it out and still did 60 40. But it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. But it's like, again, this swerve of you spent two hours already with this character for him to get shot. Yeah. Like you're not expecting him to be the one that gets killed. No. And I mean, even like we, we spoke about it a little bit like the what fucking director and writer is introducing a character like Kelly in the middle of a film and then giving you a whole subplot an understanding that dude so you understand so much about her mm-hmm. from just those 5 minutes like she is she's clearly having separation problems from her baby she's used all of her vacation time or sick days because she just cannot leave her child her husband is not making nearly as much money as her so she so she's the one who needs to go back to work and support the family mm-hmm. and she's doing everything in her power to avoid going back to work because she doesn't want to leave her baby she misses the bus and she tries to get back into her apartment and the husband says listen you got to go and she says i will be back like I'll see you guys later and the whole point is she's going back to work to support her family and on her first day back is when this robbery is this fucking robbery goes down and it's the thing about it too is the way that he the way that he films violence I find so interesting because it makes the the bad guys don't get the type of cathartic relief release that you want from the violence like Kelly's face and hands get exploded Mm -hmm. like literally her head explodes her like when she's holding the sock and and her baby's sock and she's missing like three of her fingers the other hand is like completely amputated from Mm -hmm. the bullets and the reason being is because she is literally trying to listen to the the um the bad guys. Yeah. She's trying to she's trying to obey their orders, and yeah, she's, she's the one who to gets stop killed. The guy from sending the message exactly, to and she's the one who gets killed, mm-hmm. and her head gets exploded. But when Mel Gibson shoots those guys, they just get shot quickly. Yeah, and you don't it's get to and, see it, like and it's anything. not that like, and it, and it just it it's almost not satisfying. It's not nearly as satisfying because because of the way that he that he frames it. Like the 
you know, when when these bad guys are shooting these innocent people, their heads are exploding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I cannot wait for them to get fucking killed. <laughs> and you don't get that. Mm-hmm. But it builds up this hatred for these bad guys because of how gruesome the violence is on the innocent. And and then the violence on the on the actual bad guys are not nearly that bad. It's just interesting how yeah. how, how he just films violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the, the, the final shootout. Yeah. It's so meticulous. You know what it feels like to me? If I don't know if you ever played like, and I, it might be because of the like metal mass that they have, but like if you ever played Army of Two, no. it feels very like Army of Two, where it's like kind of like just two guys like shoot out, like just going in, like just playing it smart and kind of like going off of each other on like how to 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 beat these like what four guys inside yeah. this armored van. Yeah, and my god. The softest, hardest hit to that van I've ever seen in films. Like, it feels like he's going maybe 15 miles an hour, but it, and it <laughs> fucking shoots the whole thing over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. I liked that yeah. part. But yeah, like, the last, like, again, 40 minutes are really interesting. Like, literally how strategic they are, and it shows their background in it, too. Yeah. Like, that they've been in situations like this before, where they're literally just scoping it out they're monitoring everything except for the fact of like you know henry waiting on the other side because it's like they didn't factor that in they thought he just ran but even like watching the leak from their car and it's like oh trickle went to a leak yeah like stuff like they're like they're they're hyper aware of everything yes it's it's just so they're just so good at their jobs yes and and when he fucking rams uh like into the back of the car so they can't open up the yes, back seat and their and their only way out is through that front mm-hmm. door it's so smart and i love how the guys like okay we're going to take your deal you know he's like please i need medical attention and he just shoots him mm-hmm. and then he gets on top and he shoots that one guy cuz he throws in the tear gas i mean it's just so good man mm-hmm. the, it, it's so different and so just not what you're expecting i mean what maybe I'm trying to think what maybe six shots are fired in that in that shootout. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, it's more so from the the masked men, like the bad guys, like shooting up Henry's friend. Right. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like the sniper gets like maybe like two, two shots. shots off. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Mel Gibson does three, I think. Well, he does six because then he has to reload. Oh, right. But then yeah. that's literally it. Yeah, like, yeah, he got yeah. the six shots in <laughs> and that's all he needed. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the lady shoot, you know, the hostage ends up shooting one time. I mean, there's not that many shots mm-hmm. in this final shootout. It's just so, it's so bizarre. You know, I think that this movie again is very challenging and, I think that like meditating on it for a day or two, you eventually kind of appreciate it because Jess's brother, my girl's brother was like, man, this movie is garbage. (laughs) And he's like, I fucking hated it. And then, and then he, I spoke to him like Mm -hmm. two days later and I was like, I was really surprised that you didn't like that movie. I thought that you would have really enjoyed it. And he goes, you know what? He was like, I wanted to text you about it. He was like that night I was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, honestly, that was a pretty fucking good movie. So, and like Jess's father, he, he was like, there was multiple times where he dropped his hands and was like shaking his head no. <laughs> and there's a there was a point in the movie when they when the bad guys end up cutting open uh what's his name stomach? Yes. That was really good. Like and, really good practical. Yeah, yeah. That. And he cuts open the stomach and and they're like peeling around. He literally Jess's father is like, "I have never seen a movie like this." <laughs> and I was thinking that he wasn't enjoying it. 
And then when the credits roll, he goes, that is a fucking classic. He's like, I could watch that again. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, I mean, again, like, I think it's, it, it's helpful to like kind of talk through this because I was ready to come in this episode and be like, Frank, I didn't like this. You're going to have to like try to convince me that it's good. I think I did. <laughs> you, you definitely notched me up from one from the score that I was going to give it. I think that it's. Listen, I'm not saying that it's a perfect film. I don't, and I, I think again, I think that the 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 mammoth runtime is is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that some things could have been taken out, but I think for me, who just I just appreciate different filmmakers and somebody who clearly has such a unique vision, and somebody who now I've I've watched multiple interviews with him because I've I, I didn't even know what the guy looked like until mm-hmm. um a few days ago. And it's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and like just seeing how genuine he is mm-hmm. and and seeing how much he cares about the characters that he writes and seeing how how he writes and something that he does something that he's that he says in multiple interviews is that whenever he writes he tries to surprise himself. Mm-hmm. So Every day when he sits down, he, he always wants to like come up with something different. So, you know, and I think that it's successful. I think that every film that he's done so far, he's made something unique and different. I know that you haven't seen Brawl in Cell Block 99, but I mean, that movie is brutal. I've and heard good things about that one, but I did like Bone Tomahawk. So I love like, Bone Tomahawk, too. Yeah. So, like, for me, he hasn't missed yet. I'm really excited for his next one that's coming out that um, that stars, uh, what's his name, the guy who played Henry, uh, oh, Tori right. Kittles, mm-hmm. who is like a real, he's like a real actor's actor. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like in theater he's doing oh, like cool. Shakespeare and shit and then he, and then he got called for this movie. Mm-hmm. So like you and you know he's got this really beautiful kind of character arc at the end of the film. Yeah. Where again like this film feels like very very realistic and then you get like this very kind of like unrealistic ending to him where it's like you know he walks in to his brand new house that is this all white mansion overlooking like a fucking beautiful beach and his like drug addict mom who used to be like a prostitute just is just like getting massage, a massage yeah. and then walks into the game room yeah. air quotes with his brother playing like a very high def like tv yeah and it's like that doesn't feel very realistic but at the same time too like you know it, it's very it, it, it's a moment where it's like you know all these things that like he'd been talking about where it's like he dreams of like this life for right. for his brother and his mom and it's like this over dramatic realization for it yeah and i i kind of liked that where it's like you know it, it is over the top it's meant to be over the top because it's like you know that dream became a reality yeah and it's like you know when usually a dream becomes a reality it's kind of like still in reality right form. yeah no it's like this, this is this is that life of luxury like exactly. that true this is true. like cartoon man yeah. style <laughs> butler everything yeah yeah so i mean that part was cool i love and, the final line too oh yeah and i that's the thing is like all of this should have been more about henry like that's the biggest thing that i have a critique about is like i wanted more henry as opposed to brent and tony because it's like you immediately set up for his story yeah he's the one that gets the best out of the end so it's like why not focus a little bit more on him but we still got everything (laughs) seven car flips out of ten i i really enjoyed this movie for me it was like a solid nine um 
So I know we didn't really speak about many themes. No, um, I kind of brought up one. But yeah, I have an over the top one. Like go I have, ahead. I have like a a kind of grasping at straws. Go ahead, go, one. go. So if you notice, like a lot, like at least in the first half of the film, like first maybe hour, there's a shit ton of like door opening and closings, mm-hmm. and it's like you hear every like click, <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> and then close of it. And, like, that started to get me thinking where it's, like, you know, the way that the these characters are portrayed, it's kind of, like, almost, again, I'm grasping at straws here, but, like, it's almost kind of, like, a metaphor for, like, them closing the past behind them and opening up, like, to what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, they're closing the past of, like, you know, them being cops, basically, because at this point, you're kind of thinking, like, you know, they're they're going to start essentially committing a crime so it's like they're turning their backs on like what they were doing to then open up this new path of like stealing this money and kind of living off of that yeah so that was like the big thing again i spoke about like you know how two different people can come from like two separate places um this film is really just like a a very in-depth look at like the life of a cop Mm -hmm. the life of a detective like you know they really don't get a lot of home time and like they're doing these jobs like continuously and like again from seeing an hour of just them staking out somebody you get the idea of like hey, I don't know how the old way of doing things were for police yeah yeah i mean some of the themes that i took away was um kind of like s craig zoller kind of critiquing what is kind of known as like the woke culture mm. you know the idea of essentially you know i mean they kind of mention when when uh Brett and Tony are sitting down with their with their uh, with Don Johnson's character, and you know he's like he's like listen he's like the video is not bad he's like it's not terrible could have been a lot better and mm-hmm. then they're talking about like everybody's got a fucking cell phone on them everybody's got a yeah. camera and you know basically if if anything ever gets exposed from you then you're fucking like you're done you're canceled right that's what everybody calls it now it's like it's cancel culture yeah and I think that like he I think that S Craig Zoller is kind of making a, a critique on on cancel culture. Um, and just kind of like, you know, the impact uh, on the world of like this political correctness mm-hmm. and, and like these two guys are just so anti that they are just not politically correct at all. Yeah. Um, that was a big one for me that I took away. Um, and then the, the last one, of course, which is kind of like the one that's hitting you over the head is just, you know, the idea of like what one is willing to do for some, for one's family Mm -hmm. and how they're going to try to get themselves out of, you know, a shitty situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that personally, I thought it was executed beautifully. I really, really like this film. Um, I was talking to Jess about like how somebody can watch a movie, the same exact movie and take away different things and, or really love it and really hate it. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder what it is about like the wiring of one's brain that like, two people see the exact same thing but somebody hates it and somebody loves it like it's why really, is that really because Jess hated this film yeah she was like this movie feels like it's 18 hours long <laughs> and for me it went by so fast well that's the thing <laughs> man is like it's it's very weird like you I I think about that a lot like especially since we do a podcast about movies yeah. and you know a good portion of our week is just watching movies like either for fun or for the podcast and it's like thinking about like you know like this movie I really loved, but like the person next to me hated it. Yeah. So yeah, it is interesting to see like, you know, just personality traits that like people think. Yeah. And like what somebody gravitates to and like Mm -hmm. what somebody doesn't, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I think that this movie definitely will test <laughs> oh, <laughs> test God, somebody yeah. on it. I, I don't think a lot of people will like this, honestly. It's it's unfortunate because I think it's a great film. Um, and I think that it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a recommendation. So uh, it's been a while since I've done a music re- recommendation. And this recommendation is probably completely unnecessary because everybody in the world has probably listened to it. My Chemical Romance's new single? No, God, no. I oh. heard that. It was awful. It wasn't that bad. I, I hate it. Everybody's fucking saying, like, oh, it's awful. It's not that bad. It's pretty bad, They man. haven't made music in, like, 10 years. Yeah, and it shows. <laughs> that movie, dude, I mean, that movie, that fucking song is almost unlistenable. It's like, not that I don't bad. know who mastered that. I don't know who the fuck was in charge of, like, mm-hmm. mastering that and, like, getting kind of, like... Dude, that mo- that that song is so <laughs> just not good. I don't hate it. Well, anyway, you like MGK, so we're we 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 have our differences, oh, yeah. but we can both agree that the Black Parade is great. Yes. Anyway, um, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, uh-huh. Kendrick Lamar's newest album. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, it is five years in of waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of my favorite. He probably is my favorite hip hop artist, um, and. I don't know. It, it's another. It's another album, or it's something else. I th- I wanted to pair it with this film because mm-hmm. it's an album that I don't know the perception. Like how I think. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a very divisive album for a lot of Kendrick Lamar fans. So I haven't listened to it yet. My brother says it's amazing. I really enjoy it. Um, I re- it took me like three or four listens, be- just because of every Kendrick Lamar album. That's mm-hmm. how it is. Um, it's. It's definitely not to Pimp a Butterfly, which is kind of like his Magnus. Oh, you know, like that's yeah. like the one like that everybody's like puts on such a high pedestal. Uh, it's so it's very different and something that, you know, every album that he does, he tries to like reinvent himself. Uh, I can't say that I that I love every single instrumental, mm-hmm. but I can say that every song, the writing is so personal and just so beautiful or and again it's a lot of like him questioning things the album cover alone is so good like the album cover is so great uh and there's a lot to unpack in that in in that album like one listen is not you know like you listen to you you see these people like the album drops friday night Mm -hmm. or whatever it is right friday morning or whatever it is thursday at 12 p.m and the, the album's been out for an hour yeah. and there's already reviews yes. and the album is longer than an hour. So yes. like, how is that possible? <laughs> like you just, people are either like saying it's incredible and they're mm. like, they're just any, anything that Kendrick does, they're, they're going to say they love it. Or someone's just like a Kendrick hater, no matter what it is, they're going to say it's trash. Or they're literally listening to like three songs and being yeah. like, this is the album. Right. Exactly. So like, listen, it's a double album. Mm. He's always got a concept. He's always got an idea. And I think that the writing alone is worth listening to. Um, but again, I can't say that I that I enjoy every single instrumental, but all the tracks are beautifully written, um, and I just I just wanted to recommend uh, that that you give it a shot. Wow! Well, that was a long, it was a long episode, but it was, was a, it's, it's it a was long movie. As long as the movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a long movie, and there's lots to unpack in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I were I would recommend watching it if you guys did not. But then again, why are you listening to the podcast if you haven't watched it? Because you're supposed to be watching the films with us, guys. We gave you two weeks. Jesus. Uh, Zach, what are we doing next? Well, Frank, I want to do some of our favorite cameos in films. Ah. There's a shit ton of people in movies, but there's not a shit ton of people that are in movies for about five minutes or so. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank... Let's go hunt some lions.